Hey, how's Hi. it going? <laughs> Hi there. I'm uh, Ross Bryant. I'm Ashley Birch. And um, welcome to this uh, Vampires of Pittsburgh orientation video. Uh, orientation <laughs> video is the best part of any onboarding process. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Uh, in your uh, packets, you'll find some information about um, Vampires of Pittsburgh. It when is you're gone, a everyone. Vampire of the Masquerade 5th edition game set in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, a city noted for its gothic horrors. And um, <laughs> so up till now, uh, Ashley and Thomas and Jared and I have done 30 episodes of this uh, game. And uh, our characters have met um, literally dozens of uh, non-player characters. And so we're kind of doing this video to catch you up if you're new to the stream, um, if you're just kind of dropping yourself into the strange, wonderful, and twisted world <laughs> of Vampires of Pittsburgh. And if you are enticed by our uh, player and character recap, then uh, check out new episodes of the series. They're going to be appearing Sunday at 2 p.m. on Twitch and 24 hours later on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so um, without further ado, we're just going to kind of get into it and run down um, the characters uh, that we've met so far, because the characters are a very important part of this. I'd never played Vampire the Masquerade before this, but what I've learned is that this is a game of alliances and betrayals. So the, <laughs> the, uh, the game is very much driven by the characters that you meet along the way. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes. Oh, so enjoy our first slide. This is very much like <laughs> an onboarding video so far. Uh, here are our, our primary characters. Uh, um, from left to right, Curtis uh, Krieger, uh, Miles Vanderbuck, and Jen Brown. <laughs> oh, hey, it's me. Uh, I play Jen Brown. She is a thin blood vampire, which um, what that means basically is that she doesn't look like a vampire. She looks like a human. Um, she is uh, was a tech CEO turned um, leader of a rebellion that probably has failed. But um, her her main goal was to break away from the Camarilla, otherwise known as sort of the vampire government that was mm -hmm. controlling her and her pals, Curtis and Miles. Um, and she has to mix blood with liquor, as you're seeing here, because otherwise she can't drink it. Yeah. Um most of uh, Jen Brown's incredible thin blood powers are only available to her if she turns into a sort of a bloody flair bartender, as shown by these <laughs> by these images. Um, but she is a highly competent and intelligent uh, cyber uh, hackster who loves to just like jack into the mainframe and get us in places that we wouldn't otherwise. She's a real Matrix kid. She's yeah. a real, you know, she's really. She's a real crash override. She's a real acid burn. <laughs> she's a real hacker. Uh, with an at sign in 7A. She's um, yeah. she's yes. a ghost she's in a shell, and she's here to <laughs> get into your networks. Um, and yeah, she, she has a heart. She's closely connected to, human to her humanity in a way that uh, I feel like the other, the other characters maybe are not. Um, so she's, yeah. she she's tethering, tethering them all to their humanity by the most gossamerist of threads. <laughs> <laughs> Ah uh, yes, uh, and this is a uh, Curtis Krieger. This is the the character that I that I portray. Um, as you can tell, uh, a haunted and and tortured soul. Um, <laughs> so uh, Curtis is a um, a troubled sort. He uh, he he is a veteran of the war in Afghanistan who is who is suffering with some issues of stress and uh, and trauma based on the experiences that he had over there. But he also, as part of his um, uh, reintroduction to society back in the states. Uh, became became 
uh, addicted to to opiates and uh, so was very uh, upset and a, a rabble rouser in the, over the in the course of his uh, recovery about the way that veterans are treated in America and this put him onto the radar of the uh, anarch movement who thought that his uh, anti-authoritarian tendencies might serve their purposes. Um, of course, the uh, the Camarilla, the vampire government, got to him first, and uh, so he is. Uh, uh, you can see him there with his with his loyal loyal dog, um, uh, lapping up lapping up her sweet sweet blood. Yes, this is his uh, what what they call in vampire a familus, his familiar that he is bonded to him with a diet of sweet sweet vitae, um, and the two of them are an inseparable uh, pair of buddies. Ruby and is a, a gangrel, is that right? A gangrel vampire. Yes, a gangrel, which is uh, the 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 most kind of bestial vampires. They're the ones who kind of um, are running running amok through the forest, uh, sprouting claws and communing with nature. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's. I, so I think of Curtis as, as kind of dog-like. He is uh, he is very fiercely loyal to his friends. Um, really loves positive uh, reinforcements and and attention and uh, and pleasing. He's a people pleaser, but if backed into a corner, he lashes out and lashes out hard. Yes, Curtis had a bit of an issue um, uh, finding uh, sort of a father figure to attach to. <laughs> yes, he's attached to several daddy figures over the course <laughs> of the game, paging Dr. Freud. Um, <laughs> and so here we have Miles Vanderbuck, possibly the most unassuming <laughs> vampire of the three. Um, he's a crusty old union dock worker. Played um, wonderfully by Thomas Middleditch. Yes, um, doing his best uh, just... Um, just off just off nolte uh voice um miles uh is a bruja vampire which mm -hmm. uh i think means they have like um powerful aggro and also anti-authoritarian and um he he's he was seduced by the by the power that uh being a vampire gives you he was he was uh um for a time under the under the thrall of the prince of pittsburgh um, until he was broken out of it during um, a pretty dramatic series of events uh, mm -hmm. where we took over the Anarch Revolution. Um, yeah. But more than anything, Miles was extremely fiercely loyal to his daughter. So right. um, there was often a wedge driven between Jen and Miles. Jen constantly trying to um, create this rebellion that could take down the Camarilla and Miles more concerned with keeping his daughter safe. And that would put them at odds a lot. Yeah, he was a force of chaos, our dear Miles. Made him a loose cannon. <sighs> Sabrina. Sabrina, oh, no picture Sabrina. for Sabrina because uh, bad things have happened. Bad things have happened. Poor Sabrina. So Sabrina um, is was what is called a touchstone. So for vampires and vampires the masquerade, um, you usually have a character who's still human, who's tethering you to the mortal world, who sort of grounds your humanity. Um, and if something happens to your touchstone, uh, it can be bad news for um, any sort of semblance of humanity left in your vampire. And Sabrina um, is Jen Brown's touchstone. She is the C she was the COO of their shared tech company called Grouper. Um, but Sabrina got mixed up with um, some vampire nonsense because of, um, <laughs> mostly because Jen Brown was trying to make some Game of Thrones-esque plays that went wrong. <laughs> and um, it's called Vampire the Masquerade because the masquerade is what is kept 
over, uh, it's sort of the wool pulled over the eyes of the people in Pittsburgh and across the country and the world, presumably. Um, the masquerade is, is creating the illusion that vampires don't exist. So um, it's very important to the Camarilla that the masquerade not be broken. Sabrina saw a bunch of vampires do a bunch of vampire shit. And um, Jen knew that if they found out that Sabrina knew that, that they might kill her. So Jen tried to, what's called ghoul, ghouling her, which means that um, she feeds, a vampire can have a human feed from them and then they're sort of connected to each other. Um, but because Jen is a thin blood vampire, it didn't go so well. So Sabrina became, addicted to blood but not under its control at all so she went around town kind of <laughs> trying to find vampire blood blabbing to every tom dick and vampire hunter that she was. <laughs> every tom dick and vampire yeah um that didn't go well uh and so yeah. i think it was um curtis's former father figure uh who sort of said that sabrina needed to be taken care of jen didn't want her to be killed so she gave her over to her then adoptive mother figure sonia mm -hmm. Um, and that's where we left it basically is that Sabrina is now under the control of, um, Sonia, who has since become Jen's worst enemy because since Jen and Curtis and Miles joined the Anarch movement, they're direct odds with the Camarilla, which Sonia is a major part of. So I don't know what's happening to Sabrina, but it's not good, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And that means that Jen's humanity is in a spot. Yeah. Oh, speaking of touchstones, Craig is uh, is um, Curtis's uh, touchstone. He's played less a part in our narrative as I think he's maybe only appeared for a total of forty five seconds of actual <laughs> playtime. But um, he's a a former uh, an army buddy of uh, Curtis's who is also in recovery with him. And Craig was last seen uh, still using and back out on the street. So he's flown around in Pittsburgh. Um, and Curtis may have an eye on on using him, befriending him, or perhaps keeping him safe. But Craig is a wild card out there on the streets. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Amy Vanderbuck. So Amy this Vanderbuck, is, um, yeah. This was Miles' daughter, Amy. Um, Amy, um, as far as we know, is okay, but she was being used as a pawn um, to sort of manipulate Miles for a while. Um, a lot of, uh, there were vampire hunters watching her at some point, Camarilla trying to jockey for her um, to get Miles to um, sort of take a knee to the Camarilla and their yeah. justice. They knew and, that she's a um, lever that they can they can push to get to him. And uh, yeah, Amy is also in a relationship with a guy named Travis. Is that, that sounds right? great. Yeah, who is like a real yinzer ding-dong that, uh, that Miles hates. <laughs> Oh, yes. New player. Now, yeah, Miles Vanderbuck, when last seen, plunged out of the window of a very tall building, which delivers the up. kind of damage that a vampire cannot easily recover from and perhaps has perished. So there may be a new, uh, uh, a new player character, new vamp. New vamp about town. Mm -hmm. A hot um, new vamp on the scene. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> so let's let's break down the uh, the sort of power uh, dynamics of Pittsburgh. We got the Camarilla, you know, the Camarilla. I've, there, I say Camarilla because I it always rolls off the tongue more Latin oh, to yeah, me. I don't know. More, yeah, um, it's like quesadilla or <laughs> yeah. But um, 
Miss Sonia. Miss Sonia uh, has kind of become our big bad. She has become our big bad. Also, this art is done by Ross Bryant, and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so Miss Sonia um, was Jen Brown's sort of adoptive vampire mom for a minute. Um, she's what's called a Nosferatu vampire. She's a very, very old vampire, and um, she trades in secrets, and she sort of has her fingers in every pie, as it turns, as, it's, as the case may be. Um, but she has been sort of um, the power behind the throne as, as far as I have sort of seen it. Um, she's a very, very powerful part of the Camarilla and she has a lot of information and she was gaining a lot of power over the time that we were in the Camarilla. And then when we became Anarchs, um, she was the vampire I was, the, I don't know about you, but she was the vampire I was the most worried about. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, Churchill Jackson. Daddy, uh, Churchill Jackson <laughs> was the uh, uh, held the position in the Camarilla as the sheriff of Pittsburgh. It was sort of the, the law and order for the vampire community around town. Um, and he became the adoptive sire or boss father figure to Curtis. And so he sent him on various missions, used him as his as his uh, little attack dog and, and um, minion. And he was very about, very much about maintaining order um, and maintaining the masquerade to maintain the safety of all the vampires in Pittsburgh and destroying the Anarchs that throw all that into, into disarray. Uh, in, a, in a very Oedipal turn of events, um, uh, Curtis, um, when, when they went over to the Anarchs, had to take out the person that he saw as one of the biggest threats. And Curtis, with the help of a character who we'll meet a little later named Mary, uh, destroyed Churchill and uh, uh, killed him. So he is now off the board, um, but he was a very threatening presence. <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide Ross, the former Prince of Pittsburgh. So um, in our first session ever, there was a, a Prince in charge of the Camarilla. He got thrown out a window and um, the person that replaced him was Adelaide Ross. Um, she had sort of like a twinkling laugh, um, was very scary to me, uh, but um, befriended Miles and blood bonded to him. And so for a while, Miles was sort of under her thrall and um, he, he found it very, very hard to defy her in any way. Um, so it took a lot of doing and a lot of PVP for us to sort of get him out from under <laughs> her thumb. And uh, eventually he ended up cutting off her head with a katana. Yeah, so happy ending. Happy ending. Mm -hmm. Dr. Orman. Dr. Orman, I think he's the head of the Tremere, mm -hmm. um, who are sort of the history keepers of the vampires. Dr. Orman's a little bit of a creep. He wanted to um, study Jen Brown because yeah. she's thin blood. Um, and he became a lot more relevant as we became anarchs because... Nah, not to put too fine a point on it, but basically there was this mythical object that allowed us to turn any kind of shitty blood into really, really sweet, sweet grade A blood sweet premium, um, yeah. without having to hunt. And so that was a big boon for the Anarchs. And it was this object, it was an urn. And um, Dr. Orman was aware of the urn, wanted the urn back from us and led to a very, very big fight, which I'm just going to go ahead and say we didn't win. I'm just going to yeah. go out on a limb and say we didn't win. Uh, T.J. Cope was a um, a policeman, mortal, uh, who is um, uh, we referred to ghouling. He had been he is he is he was ghouled by the uh, 
by the uh, Camarilla to 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 run their errands and be sort of uh, eyes on the eyes on the ground in the mortal world. So he often uh, fell to being our sort of like um, herding us around uh, when as as we were little baby vamps. He would he would send us on our missions and keep tabs on us. But um, as part of a, a show of loyalty to our to the Anarchs, um, Curtis uh, shot T.J. Cope in the dang head. So he's a He's off. He's off the board as well, but yeah. that's part of the Camarilla's uh, tactics. They uh, they get in with the with the caps. Obadiah Griffin, Obadiah Griffin. The Ventru. Ventru sounds right. Primag I, I'm using all this vocabulary like it's like I know what all of it means. He's the Ventru Primogen. Uh, actually, <laughs> I believe that's that's true. He's the he's the boss of this particular clan. Um, and what I remember about the, I think one of the things with the Ventru is that they have very particular feeding habits. So like maybe you can only uh, drink from the blood of somebody who like just ate broccoli or whatever. Yeah, they're but very picky eaters. He had a particular taste for Irish people. He <laughs> okay. did. He and he also was having was them trying to special. buy out Jen's company, Grouper. So um, he was a bit of a thorn in our side. And we, we were able to take him down back when we were part of the Camarilla um, because we found out that he was basically breaking the rules, eating, eating where he shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And uh, the justice of the Camarilla was swift and intense. And he got taken off the board as well. Yeah, I know who this character is. Um, ah! He's a guy who uh, mm, I know he's a he's a vampire. <laughs> is he? Is he a human? Hi, everybody. Storyteller Jared Logan here. Oh, bail us out, please. Um, I've created dozens and dozens of NPCs, and I don't remember who they are most of the time. But Mason Alberger was the Malkavian primogen. Hmm. Um, he and Miles kind of had uh, a scene or two together. Regardless, uh, he's oh, still wait, at Jared, large. Was he the guy who Miles took his car and he's the guy who had the katana? That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. Yes. Right. Mason Alberger is the type of guy who drives around in a sports car with a, like a katana and a ponytail. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, Mason Alberger, mostly important as the origin of Miles's katana. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Roman. Uh, so Roman this is, is one, one of my the, favorite uh, drawings of yours, I think. You really captured his spirit, I yeah, think. Dropping into a jovial Slav squat. Um, <laughs> Roman is a, uh, is a Nosferatu vampire affiliated with the Camarilla and a uh, um, muscle for uh, Miss Sonia in the, in the, kind in the game. Kind of a party dude. But you know, he's also kind of a party guy. He's kind of a party dude. He was always down. He wanted to have a good time. Yeah, you know him. Of course, my horse is a cool guy. <laughs> he's, uh, a, he's a wild and crazy guy. He's um, a wild and crazy guy until uh, our fight against uh, the Camarilla, our last anarch fight against the Camarilla, in which Miles um, ate him for threatening mm -hmm. his daughter. Sucked him good. Sucked him uh, nice and good. Sucked so, him dry. Uh, Put. Ooh, here's a misery. She is associated with a coterie of vampires in Pittsburgh called the Blood Dance. Uh, very goth, very loved. <laughs> um, who run who run uh, various nightclubs and use them as a front for uh, for given given mortals the bit of the suck. And uh, she in particular seems to run basically a cult of of uh, acolytes out of a. Out of a cleaning company, yes. And 
and uh, she uh, works and her she her front is as a nightclub impresario and dominatrix. For uh, a minute, we we had our eyes on her as a potential convert. Um, there is a thin blood spell that Jen can use where she can change her gender. So she changed into James Brown mm -hmm. and tried to uh, seduce misery both literally and figuratively over to the Anarch side. Uh, it went tits up because we realized that she um, has a cult and wanted to indoctrinate James into it. So instead, yeah. uh, Curtis sent a bunch of rats into her into her cult headquarters, and then we killed her boyfriend. Yeah, when in doubt, rat attack. <laughs> okay, now that now that we've dealt with the um, the uh, um, authoritarian. Uh, aristocrats of Pittsburgh. Now let's move on to the hard scrabble uh, freedom fighters, <laughs> the, the Anarchs, the, uh, the crew that we're now associated with. So Buddy was one of the first um, independent or non-Camarilla vampires that we met. He uh, he worked out of a, out of a uh, vintage motorcycle shop out in the outskirts of Pittsburgh. And he was the run, one running the human trafficking ring that was bringing uh, people into Pittsburgh for people like uh, uh, okay. Obadiah Griffin to to feed on. He is uh, um, I don't we don't know what his clan affiliations are, but he has an, the eerie ability to make himself invisible on cameras and to summon uh, like corporeal shadow around him to just blot himself out and cover himself in in darkness. Yeah, he's a creepy boy. And as far as we know, he's still sitting in a box in the basement of the uh, U.S. Steel Building, yeah. where the Camarilla makes their headquarters. Erasmus uh, was the former leader of the Anarchs. Um, he is actually the reason that Jen, Curtis, and Miles were turned um, mm -hmm. against their will, basically, into vampires. He meant to, um, it was sort of his recruiting methodology for getting more people into the Anarch movement. Um, sort of a hippie-ish dude. Um, sort of tenuously holding all of the Anarchs together until um, he made the misstep of trying to kill Miles Vanderbuck and Jen and Curtis gave him the uh, the old boot and staked him mm -hmm. and took over the Anarch movement instead. And Erasmus might also still be in a box somewhere in an abandoned hospital on the, outs outs uh, the outskirts of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Ah, Mary. Oh, so Mary. This is one of the most uh, eerie and compelling characters that we've encountered. Uh, Mary w is working with, working with, is just affiliated with the Anarchs, <laughs> but she is a, a vampire of incredible age uh, and in spookiness, um, has, has quite, a, quite a bit of uh, power. And let's just say uh, presence gravitas she has the tendency to just kind of appear behind you when you don't uh, <laughs> had no idea she was in the room um but she's also a religious fanatic and seems to have be committed to this idea that the beasts within vampires are actually angels yearning to be free and her affiliation with the anarch movement is conditional on the on the fact that they win converts by redeeming them to this way of thought and uh which um our trio has uh, not been so good at. No, not really. And Mary is sort of the only real muscle behind the Anarch movement. She's extremely powerful. She is the person that um, 
as Ross mentioned earlier, um, decapitated Churchill Jackson, basically. Um, so she was sort of an army unto herself, but also completely unpredictable and uncontrollable. Ah, uh, yes, uh, Cross, uh, seen here in a rare moment of uh, whimsy and charm, is uh, <laughs> um, one of the one of the anarch uh, muscle boys. He is a um, he sees himself as a certified tough guy, uh, yes. a paramilitary badass, but he's kind of a goon, um, and he's so ostentatious about his badassery that he has a cross tattooed to his face. Um, something that makes it, you know, real easy to pass in polite society. <laughs> but hey, who am I to judge? Um, the breakout character of the whole series, um, Bob. What does Bob do? Bob was a, I believe he was a data analytics person uh, before <laughs> he became a vampire. He's a part of the anarch movement. What does he do really? Um, mostly he is complains, he whines. Um, and uh, got Jen Brown killed or close to killed, basically, in our last fight. Um, but that's a bit of a grape juice stain on his shirt. Um, mm -hmm. He He's just sort of an unassuming guy, um, just trying his best in the Anarch movement and not doing a whole hell of a lot to help. Yeah. One thing I like about this game is that you, your image of vampires is of kind of like uh, like long-haired, uh, uh, no... Sort of sexy, mysterious. Sexy, mysterious, like... Uh, um, fishnet gloves <laughs> but then a lot of the vampires you end up meeting are just like um uh middle management doofs like bob yeah a 40 year old <laughs> guy who has like a honda civic yeah uh so uh than is another vampire that we've she is one of the one of the religious true believers am i right I so. so she's kind of maybe more committed to mary's way of thinking that like the anarch movement is about a a uh it's a it's a cultic um, that there, there are forces in the blood that need to be tapped with arcane rituals and mysticism. And she's, she's witchy. She's a, she's a real Stevie Nicks um, type, <laughs> a real Kate Bush. Um, Rhodes. Rhodes is um, a part of the anarch movement uh, very tenuously. He mm -hmm. is uh, sort of a redneck good old boy who mostly just wants to create chaos. Yeah. Um, and he has a lot of guns and a brother at his disposal, and they mostly uh, complain and want to shoot stuff. They're sort of the other end of the Bob spectrum, where mm -hmm. they, um, they're, they're pretty dangerous and they're pretty uncontrollable. Um, but um, Jen decided to keep them around because she thought that the Anarch movement needed bodies and people that could wield weapons. And so there's sort of a tenuous connection between the Anarchs and Rhodes, but it's always on the verge of breaking. Yeah. Rhodes always sounds like he's on the verge of saying something really problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real, he's, he's, he's trouble. trouble. He's trouble. Uh, mortals that we know. Mortals we know. The day shift. <laughs> <laughs> mortals I have seen. The day shift is a group of uh, policemen that we and that the uh, that the crew encountered they were the policemen that were being used by the camaria to run errands during the day tj cope was associated with them um so if the if the vampires needed some stuff done during during the daylight hours they'd send these guys to go do it now as it turned out the way that they were accomplishing that was convincing them that they had 
whoever the vampire liaison was between the Camarilla and these guys had convinced them that he were, that they were a good vampire and that everything that they were doing was, uh, was um, on the side of good and light in this war between vampires. Um, basically they were being manipulated by a good vampire, quote unquote, that the day shift referred to as the Edward in a nod to uh, Twilight. <laughs> Most of them are dead now. Yeah. They, we, they, like most of the people we meet, they they gone. <laughs> what happened at the Cathedral of Learning? What an Good excellent question. question. So, as we mentioned before, um, the Anarchs and the Camarilla were at war. The Anarchs were not doing too bad, but um, then oh, after wow. a series of masquerade-breaking events, um, the Camarilla got wind of where the Anarchs were stationed. And they also got a hold of one of our number named Kenya, and we're holding her hostage. And their demand was for us to trade the urn, which was allowing us to make that sweet, sweet blood to mm -hmm. feed the anarch movement uh, in exchange for Kenya. So um, we, uh, we, we merry band of anarchs showed yeah. up. At the Regulators Cathedral. mounted up. And, uh, and, uh, and what happened for us? <laughs> well, we, uh, we decided to strike hard, strike quick. Uh, and when we all arrived in force, uh, we were told, Hey, send your, send your army home, uh, and give us the urn. And we we're like, no, thank you. And they were like, give us the urn. And we were like, no, really, no, thank you. At which point, uh, Jen Brown called their damn bluff and smashed this priceless ancient artifact that that keeps uh, hunger at bay. And then all hell, as they say, broke loose. Um, we began trying to set fire to the building. Uh, Miles Vanderbuck chopified the head off of um, the, uh, the Camarilla liaison who had brought us there. Um, people were being thrown out of windows. Uh, um, uh, Mary went charging up to fight in the form of a giant bestial goat um, <laughs> and only and was thrown back down to earth by an equally bestial looking humanoid gargoyle stone monster and all sorts of melees were happening as the fires were attempted to be uh, set in the in the lobby of this building um crazy uh magical sigils put there by the by the occultic uh, minds of the tremere uh created a decompression implosion that sucked the air out of the space and stopped the fire while uh, breaking the skulls of, of all and sundry. Um, at this point, Miles Vanderbuck sucked the blood out of Roman and uh, saw, which and is a, a big, saw. big no-no to a religious zealot such as herself. So then Mary and Miles started having a bit of a fight up on the 40th floor as uh, Jen was trying to talk down this gargoyle beast who seemed to be compelled to fight against its will. She and things were going so well. Uh, Jen was making such headway. It such looked as though headway. everything was going to go fine. Like we were going to turn this stone boy to our, uh, to our side. And then... And then Bob. And then Bob went and bobbed it up for everybody. Yeah, he went ahead and shot the gargoyle, which made it uh, right angry. And it sunk its, its claws and its teeth into Jen Brown, putting her into torpor pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, up on the 40th floor, Miles is getting thrown out of a window to yeah. almost his almost certain death. And then Curtis sort of had to get the rest of the Anarchs to scatter. They scattered. I heard uh, Curtis heard sirens co coming. Um, 
he blasted the 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 gargoyle creature in its in its fl fleshy eyeball and blew its head open and uh and attempted to pull the wool over the eyes of the of the first on the scene first responders by telling them that like there's some crazy stuff going on take me away so as he was rushed away in an ambulance he knows not whether his friends are alive or whether they sleep the sleep of ages and uh that's what happened yeah still pretty simple stuff um <laughs> pretty cut and dry uh what's next yes a big big question mark all is in shambles oh i can i can uh, uh -huh. jump in on what's next uh, i don't want to tell too much except to say that after the horrific battle at the cathedral of learning I, we are skipping ahead one year uh into the future uh in, in to the year 2020 wow. uh to into current times and um <laughs> our new series is entitled vampires of pittsburgh lockdown um and we will find out the final fates of our friends and uh meet some new friends we're gonna meet some new characters um i'm really excited about it so are we oh, yeah. yeah oh hey look at that <laughs> fun new logo uh, yes uh well i'll get out of here i just uh, i want to tell everybody join us for episode 31 uh this sunday vampires of pittsburgh lockdown uh, and I'll let you guys uh, bid adieu to our viewers and our new viewers who are hopefully watching this video. Thanks so much for watching, everyone, and getting caught up on uh, our little cast of characters. It's a great stream. Yeah, uh, in these in these mad mad times, come and come and spend some time with us, uh, relaxing in the escapist world of bloodshed and internecine manipulation and horror of the vampire world. And um, uh, yeah, come join us Sunday. Hope to see you there. Welcome, one of us. One, one of us. us. One, one of us. us. <laughs>